Today on Stick to Football, Connor is still in Orlando. Mello and I holding it down. And, buddy, we are going through 25-1, to 1, breaking down the college football preseason rankings. We are nine days away as we're recording from college football season kicking off. We made it. Yeah, I'm very excited. And we also have our Vegas event coming up, which I'm really looking forward to, especially now that we have all the news with uh, Tate Martell and the starting quarterback at Miami. It's going to be a great event. I'm very excited that college football and just all football in general is coming back. And it's like it's happening now. Uh, you're back in school teaching uh, on the side. You're a talent evaluator. I would like to ask you how you thought I did solo on the Wednesday show. I thought it was good. I thought that it would probably be difficult because you didn't have anyone to talk to. You're a people person. You you like to have people around. But talking for like an hour and a half, I don't know if I could do it. I would just get bored and ramble about nothing. But you did a good job. I thought maybe you would get off topic, but you did a good job. I stuck to the script. I think you actually <laughs> get me off topic. Problem that I didn't go on any like anti-government rants, no conspiracy <laughs> theories. I'm sure that's what Connor was like most worried about. Is like, oh shit, he's going to say something political and we're going to lose half of our listeners. Yep. Nope, I held it down. <laughs> so uh, like Melo said, we do have the Vegas event coming up very quickly. Uh, we're recording Thursday night. I fly out Sunday. You fly out a week from now, but that will be the 24th of August. I almost said September 24th of August, noon Pacific time in the sports book at Caesars Palace. If you haven't been in there recently, and, and I hadn't, but I got some videos sent to me today, Bleacher Report built a studio in Caesars Palace Sportsbook, and it looks awesome. So that's where we're, we'll be doing shows from every day, but Saturday at noon is the, the kickoff event that we're having. Mel O'Connor, myself, will be answering questions from you guys hanging out i'm sure we'll be drinking a lot of beer it's gonna be a good time if you can come out definitely come out yeah i mean you hit the nail on the head there we're gonna be hanging out we're gonna be watching football the first game of college football season and i'm sure that there are going to be some beers or maybe even cocktails served around us did i ever tell you i'm sure i did because we're best friends to tell you everything um when we got when Bleacher Report got bought by Turner, one thing that we did was NFL opening weekend. They took us all to Vegas, and it was this trip is legendary in like mm-hmm. the annals of BR history. And I was at a bar. It was a Thursday night NFL kickoff, and that's when I got verified on Twitter. So maybe th- maybe you'll get verified this this coming oh, weekend. Oh, maybe I'm really trying hard for it. That's where I was going with that. <laughs> I know it matters to you. I know it does. Uh, one last note on the tailgate tour, and we will be unveiling information as it comes in i didn't want to overwhelm y'all with like oh here are nine stops on the tailgate tour so we're releasing it slowly the dates are out there so you know where we'll be but the first event in austin texas september 7th at 2 30 p.m it'll be at pluckers they're the best plucking wings eh, like that <laughs> uh, ever and it's on the rio grande uh that location they have a ton in austin it's on the one on rio grande which is on campus basically so you cannot cannot beat this we're gonna go to the game so we're tailgating there till 5 30 then we're walking to the game so if you don't have tickets to the game because they're hard to get okay who cares come hang out with us 2 30 to 5 30 yeah and i'm sure that the good people at pluckers will let you hang out afterwards there are a lot of good places in austin to hang out even if you can't get tickets to the game they have the bevo boulevard you can be right there on campus uh, pretty much in the stadium, enjoying the atmosphere, watching the football game outside. If you can't have tickets, it's really, it's not required at all to have tickets to go to those games. I, a lot of them, who knows if we'll even make it inside. We'll see uh, what happens during that tailgate. But for Texas LSU, you can bet your ass I'm going to that game. Be in there. But for most of them, it's not a requirement. Don't worry if you can't get tickets. You can still come out, have a good time party with us yep all right let's get into the news i want to start here because our buddy baker mayfield baker thank you because there are weeks where we don't have anything to talk about and then you give us something to talk about so honestly i'm not being sarcastic i appreciate that baker was in the news i was at the gym this morning yes that's a humble brag and there was a clip about baker says that fans and media want the browns to lose and i'm you know basically sitting there jogging at like a a 3.0 on the treadmill and was like you know what that's just not true it's not because i am actually rooting for the browns i picked them to win the afc north i think they have so much talent and this huge cast of characters i actually believe the browns are lovable losers where we all want to see them do well i mean it's like who cares if the fucking bucks win 
Who cares yeah. if the Bengals win? Right. I want the Browns to win. I agree with you 100%. And I think that I'm leading the fan base here of Baker haters. And that, that should be a Twitter account if it it's not be. already. Uh, it. I'm going to go make it right now. But it should be a Twitter account. But I am leading that charge. I do not like Baker Mayfield. But I'm not rooting against the Browns. So I don't really get where he's coming from. I think this is just a guy that has to build a chip on his shoulder. That's how he motivates himself. And it's obviously it's been working. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. He's the first overall pick in the NFL draft. And now I think this is just his next next thing. He's building it up in his head that everybody hates us. Nobody expects us to win. Uh, bullshit. This is the Tom Brady. Like everybody method, in our on our podcast, I think thinks they're going to win and be successful. I have them winning that division too. I think they're going to be a really good team. I think this is just another instance of. Baker Mayfield really building up this chip on his shoulder, using it to motivate himself. So I guess if that's what he has to do to get the job done, then you know what? They're probably going to win the division, and I'm going to look even smarter. So thanks. Whatever it takes. I really do. I We see Tom Brady do this. I mean, we've seen Nick Saban do it, where it's like, no, nah, no one believes in us. It's like, actually... We do. But yeah. You, yeah. Like, there are a couple people still calling Tom Brady old, but for the most part, if you're a reasonable, rational thinker, you understand that like he's still going to be very good. Yeah, no, and I, I think even with that, like you still see the people who are like, Brady's a system quarterback. I bet he has a Twitter search for people who say that, and it's just like fueling the fire. Uh, oh, this is a good segue, but I don't want to really talk about it, but I feel like we have to talk about it because it's like it was kind of the elephant in the room. Uh, my guy... Jimmy G, who's really not my guy, but Prince he's the quarterback for my team. He threw five straight interceptions in practice the other day. And I know we've, we've talked a lot about practice. Practice? Allen Iverson, practice? Mm-hmm. We're talking about practice, uh, not the game. Practice. But we are talking about practice because the, I said this about Mitch Trubisky on the Wednesday show. I think that practice is a good time to try things. It's a time <laughs> to shake off the rust. It's time to test what you got. Five in a row is not great. Five in a row is a bad day. I've had some bad days at quarterback. I don't think I've ever thrown five consecutive interceptions That's in a Nathan row. That's Peterman shit. Yeah, maybe. Like, it is rough, but it is also, it is still training camp, so there's a little bit different things going on there where you will take chances over the middle, see if you can fit a ball into a window, trying to get timing right with your receivers. I'm not too worried about it as a guy that has questioned Jimmy Garoppolo as well and how he's going to come back off this injury. I also I thought I heard that he followed it up on his sixth throw was a touchdown pass. So that's good. Not not a great secondary that they have there with the 49ers, but maybe uh, he was really going after Richard Sherman and, you know, Sherman got him like three times or something like that. But I'm not too worried about the five in a row. I will say this. If Jaquaski Tart and Adrian Colbert can be healthy, I think the Niners secondary will be it'll surprise people. I think that's the case with like every team, every team is like, man, all we got to do is stay healthy this year. Well, (laughs) yeah, if it were that easy, everybody would fucking do it. But it's very hard for everybody to stay healthy. You're probably going to get somebody in every position group. You're going to get one banged up in every group. But maybe 49ers, maybe they just have a kick ass defense this year and their secondary is a lot better than I think it is. You got to get a lot of people healthy for that to happen. Uh, Let's take a break. We come back 25 to one, breaking down the top 25 for college football 2019. College football is back next week. I am so excited. I keep saying, oh my God, we made it. I don't know if you all realize how hard it is to talk about stuff three times a week all summer and not just talk about like baseball or NBA free agency or your drinking problems or anything else. I remember when we decided like that we were going to go to three shows a week. I believe it was during the season or during draft season. We're like, yeah, that's no problem at all. And then afterwards, we had that conversation of, are we going to stay with three shows? And it was like, yeah, I think the sponsors kind of want us to. (laughs) And then it was the... What the hell are we going to talk about? I think we did a fairly good job. I, I really think we did. We really didn't get off the rails. There's been a lot of times we're like, oh, well, we'll do that in the summer. It's kind of a weird thing. And I think we stayed pretty true to the name and we stuck to football throughout the whole summer. Now we don't have to do that anymore because we have a lot of football to talk about. You did your top 25 big board. Now we're going to do our top 25 college football teams. This is something that I worked my ass off all summer on. So I'm glad that I can finally share it. Yeah. And, uh, I genuinely love college football. It is my favorite thing. I love game. I love watching game day. I love tailgating. Uh, like everything about college football is my favorite thing, other than my children. 
Number 25 for me, I'm going to stay local and take the Missouri Tigers. I say local. They're five hours away. They're not that local to <laughs> they, us in Joplin. Yeah. University of Arkansas, Arkansas is closer. Is, yeah. is local. But the Missouri Tigers, Kelly Bryant comes in. They have a great running back. They, they have playmakers offensively. Albert O at tight end. I'm excited to see what this offense looks like with Kelly Bryant. Do we see more of a run element with Roundtree and Bryant? But this is a really, really explosive team that I think will be a top 25 squad, even in the SEC. Yeah, and I'm going to agree with you. I I have Missouri at 25 now, too. Uh, I like this offense and what they can do. I like the weapons that they have. I also really like this offensive line. I think they're returning a lot of good talent there that could be all SEC-type performers. When you look at, I mean, they have tackle guard and center Not very many teams have that, and Mizzou does. Kelly Bryant, uh, I'm not really evaluating him or looking at him as a pro prospect, but that's not what this is for. This is strictly college football. I like him as a college football quarterback. He's been able to get the job done at Clemson before and beat some really good teams in the ACC. So coming over to the SEC, I think he's ready for it. Uh, He's made for this offense, this defense. Uh, I think they're maybe going to have some holes, but I also think they're a little better than what most people believe they are. And I also, I like the schedule. I I don't think it's that difficult starting out at Wyoming. For some reason, they're going up there. Then they get West, West Virginia at Columbia. So that'll be a good game. They do have some tough ones. They're going to have to go to Georgia. That's probably going to be a loss. I like Mizzou, but that's probably going to be a loss. Florida at home in Columbia is going to be a tough game. That might be a loss. I like every other game on their schedule. Number 24, I went with Northwestern. I know they're losing Clayton Thorson, and that is, I mean, that's the big loss. Defensively, though, they're going to be tough. They bring back Patty Fisher. Pat Fitzgerald is such a great head coach on the defensive side. They bring back their leading rusher in Isaiah Bowser at running back. Leading rusher plays running back. Wow, good job, Matt. Great analysis. But this is a team that they have talent and they're well coached. I don't think they're going to be in a Big Ten championship game like they were last year, but I think they're going to be very competitive. And we said it during the Big Ten preview, this is a great conference. It really is, especially um, this side of the conference in the West where there are like four or five teams that I'm going to have ranked in the top 25. But I think Northwestern is deserving of a preseason top 25 nod. Yeah, and I'm actually going to go with Syracuse here uh, for my number 24 team. I really like Syracuse and what they're doing. Uh, I like what Dino Babers is building there. And I'm looking at their schedule, which is pretty indicative of how you're going to perform. Their toughest game of the year comes in week three, and they have it at home at the Carrier Dome. It's going to be Clemson. I think that's a loss, but I think it's going to be a close game. That's really a game that I think is going to be a lot closer than people think. Uh, if you're a betting person, maybe you want to look at early odds on that. I think Clemson's going to come into that game ready to perform. They almost beat Clemson last year. I mean, they knocked Trevor Lawrence out of the game. Uh, if it weren't for Travis Etienne having a great performance, Clemson probably loses that game at home versus Syracuse. Syracuse returns a lot of good, talented players. So does Clemson. That's going to be the key matchup there. After that, I think they can win out. I think they can beat Florida State at Florida State. They have Boston College at home. That's looking like a favorable schedule if you're a member of the Syracuse fan base. And I know a lot of them are active on Twitter, at least tweeting at us. So maybe they're getting in my head. But I like this team and I like their schedule. Number 23, I have the Miami Hurricanes here. I wanted to put them higher because I love the defense. They have two of the best linebackers in the entire country, but I just don't know what we're going to get at quarterback with Jaron mm-hmm. Williams. I know, you know, he was a high recruit. They must be excited about him to put him out there. We're going to learn a lot about Manny Diaz. We're going to learn a lot about Jaron Williams. We're going to learn a lot about this entire offense, really, in that Florida game. And I, I said that on the Wednesday show. It's going to be a, a tough match. I like Miami. I think we could see them, like you were just saying with Syracuse, their toughest game is Florida. After mm-hmm. that, like they could win out. Even if they lose to Florida, they could win out. There, there's The schedule's not that difficult, and, and I'm not expecting much from Florida State this year, so maybe that's why. But I think the Hurricanes, uh, they could shock some people week one and probably end up in, in my top 15, but I think right now they're firmly top 25. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they are a team that could be an early loss candidate, but kind of like LSU, who I think will lose early in the season, but then can kind of run the table for a little bit and get a lot of good quality wins. The team that I have at 23 Uh, UCF, I do think that they're probably going to run the table uh, with that schedule. They might might get a couple losses here and there that you don't really predict, but they start out the season with Florida A&M, Florida Atlantic. Stanford is going to be a good game that they might lose, but they're playing it in Orlando. So that's a good matchup for them. 
I don't know that there are going to be national championships banners flying there again in Orlando, but I do think that this is a team that is going to get enough wins that we're probably going to be talking about them as a top 25 team. 22, I'm taking the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I love Adrian Martinez and Scott Frost. Everyone knows this. Last year, they were 4-8. and eight. I think this year we see a big bump. Seven guys coming back on offense, six on defense. It is a tough Big Ten West. It, it's very tough. I would not be surprised if Nebraska, like, they could float. I feel like two games in either direction and completely change the narrative of their season. Like, they could go 6-6, six and six and it wouldn't surprise me. But mm-hmm. they could also go 9-3, and three or and it wouldn't surprise me. So I think Nebraska, at least coming into the year, what they have coming back at quarterback with a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate in Adrian Martinez. This is a fun team to watch. Yeah, and I'm going with the team that I just talked about. I'm going with Stanford here. Looking at this team, what they have coming back, they lost a lot on this offense, a lot of players. And I know that we've talked about them before when we previewed the Pac-12. Stanford does a great job of turning over prospects and replacing guys. I also, I'm looking at their schedule, and I don't like it. I think this is a very tough schedule. You open up the season against Pat Fitzgerald in Northwestern, that's a tough game. You know that he is going to have those guys ready to go. Luckily for them, it's at Stanford. That's still a tough game. Then you have to go to USC, to UCF in consecutive weeks, and then you get Oregon. That's all in the month of late August and September. That's a tough schedule. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you have to travel up to Oregon State. That's a tough place to play. I know it's not always the best team, but it's a tough place to play. I really think that Stanford's going to have a tough season. Now, when it comes to win-losses, I think they're a good team. I think they'll probably get into a good bowl game. They're going to win that bowl game, but they have a very tough schedule. So I have them slated at number 22 right now. Yeah, and I have Stanford at 21. All the reasons that you said. You bring back KJ Costello. You have a great head coach. I think one of the best head coaches in the country, but this could be a tough year. Um, I think the offensive line, they're solid. This is not the Stanford that we kind of grew up watching where you're like, oh my God, look look at all the dudes they have on this O-line. Um, even though Bryce Love was not what we thought he would be last year, uh, they're going to have to plug in some carries in the backfield. So I like Stanford. Um, again, it's good head coaching. And I think the Pac-12 is just down a little bit right now. And so that could benefit them. And, and we'll talk about a couple teams that, that I believe are in the running to win the Pac-12. Stanford could surprise some people and end up near yeah. the top of that. I, I, I definitely agree with that. My next team, sorry, it's my turn and I'm not looking. Next team for me, I'm going to go with Penn State. I, I like Penn State, but this is another chance to look at a schedule and tell you that it's going to be pretty tough. Uh, we did it when we previewed the Big Ten. I think this is the best division of any conference in the nation. You can con- include Alabama and the SEC. I think this is very tough. And Penn State's going to have their work cut out for them. They're going to get some easy wins Right off the bat here with Idaho, Buffalo, probably at Pitt. But then when you look at who they're playing out of the Big Ten, it's tough. They have to go to Iowa. Then they get Michigan at Michigan State. They get a bye week, and then it's at Minnesota. I think those are all going to be very tough games. And then, oh, yeah, they also have to go to Ohio State. There's a lot of tough games on the schedule. I like the team. I like what they bring back. That's a tough place to play when you have to go on the road so often to to some of these places. And then like your easy home game for the end conference, it's going to be Michigan. That's a tough schedule. So I I don't have them finishing very high. Number 21 for me. I also don't know that you can underestimate the loss of Trace McSorley. Like even though yeah, like he was it, that limited, probably sounds like a joke, but really, no, what he did for them is was great. And Miles Sanders, the big impact. Twenty for me. This is where I have UCF. I cannot believe that I have them higher than you because I'm the UCF <laughs> hater. But I mean, I think you got to give credit to Josh Heupel. They were twelve and one last year. They bring in Brandon Winbush this year, which is it's just good recruiting to be able to get him. I think he's going to be a really solid fit in this offense. They bring back eight starters on offense, which is really the key here. They are replacing a ton of guys on defense, but the schedule's not its not bad. Like you said, there's that Stanford game. I don't yeah. know if that, that's like the Houston one. Houston might be a tough game. Yeah. But still, even that, that's like maybe they have two losses. <laughs> and so. that's at home. So I, I don't know. I like UCF. They're almost one of those teams now that's just going to get a bump, too, by like the voters. Yep. I mean, we used to see it with Notre Dame when Notre Dame had some bad years, but they would still get a bump and 
and get a little bit more notoriety than they should have. My next team at number 20, I'm going with the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, I think we're going to find out a lot about them and how good they are on September 14th when they have to travel to Ames, Iowa and play Iowa State. That's always a great game. Uh, Really, there is a lot of talent there. Two very good, well-coached football teams. But then, again, looking at the schedule, because that's what I do, you have to go at Michigan at Wisconsin, at Nebraska. Those are three games that are up in there. Then you also have teams like at Northwestern, Penn State. It's going to be a tough road for any Big Ten team. I really, outside of those top two guys with Michigan and Ohio State, I think everybody's going to have their hands full. Yeah, speaking of, I have 19 Wisconsin, and this is really all about Jonathan Taylor and this offensive line. I think it's addition by subtraction that Alex Hornibrook is gone because he was terrible terrible he was just so awful but this is going to be a good defense as well they bring back six starters and really I mean the defensive line is where a lot of that comes from and as well as the secondary I think they bring back three and three in terms of starters there so but it's about Jonathan Taylor my man has over 4,000 rushing yards in the last two years he's cut down on some of the fumbling issues I would actually love to see them spell him a little bit maybe save him for late in the year when they can but this is another and we're gonna say it over and over again it's a tough schedule. It, it really is. I mean, you got Michigan in week four, Northwestern week five, Michigan State week seven, Ohio State week nine. Then you get a little bit of break and you got Iowa and Nebraska and Minnesota to end the year, which Minnesota was number 26 on my rankings. So this is a really tough schedule for Wisconsin. Yeah, and I, I left Wisconsin out of my top 25 for that reason. They lost a lot on defense. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, man, I hope he stays healthy, but so many carries, it, it kind of scares me. I think that maybe eventually he's going to take some time off, maybe miss some games. Uh, next up for me, I'm going with TCU. Uh, this is a group that brings back a lot of good, talented players. Uh, I like their corner. I think they have a receiver that's really good as well. And I I still like Gary Patterson at head coach. They had a terrible year last year. I think by their standard, it was a, it was a really bad year. He doesn't have consecutive bad years very often. I think they've got their quarterback situation figured out where they're at least going to have more consistency. They're not going to be playing four or five guys at that position next year. So I think that's going to really help out. I like their schedule as well. At Purdue might be a tough game early, September 14th. But other than that, I'm really not that impressed with the Big 12, with what they have. I think Iowa State's pretty good. Texas and OU's pretty good, too. Then Oklahoma State, they might have a down year. I don't have them in my top 25. West Virginia, I don't have them in my top 25. So I do think that TCU can get some quality wins here. Number 18 for me, the Auburn Tigers, Gus Malzahn. I I know I've said I'm not the biggest fan of his, but... This is a talented team. They have two of the best D-linemen in the country, and Derek Brown and Nick Coe. Uh, I'm excited to see what we get at the quarterback position because Jarrett Stidham is now tearing it up with the New England Patriots. The, who's going to step in and be the guy here? Uh, Joey Gatewood, obviously probably the probably the favorite over Bo Nix. Yeah, we'll see. But I, I think you usually give the favor to the guy who's been the red shirt, but I don't know. There's also that newness of having an incoming freshman that you haven't seen before. So we'll see who gets the favorite there. Uh, for 18 with me, I'm going to go to the Big 12 that I just trashed. I'm going with Iowa State. I really like Matty Campbell uh, and the head coach. I know they have to replace Montgomery. I know they have to replace Hakeem Butler, but they also bring back their quarterback, and that's been the biggest question for Iowa State. So I think that they can get some good quality wins out of a weak Big 12 and be good enough to be the 18th best team. Yeah, I I didn't put Iowa State on my list. They were close. Uh, Iowa State, Minnesota, and TCU were the three should, teams. Sorry, I should say that I love their defense. I know I talked about their offense, but yeah. that is the best defense in the entire Big 12. I'm a Texas fan. That's the best defense. It's not saying a whole lot. But yeah, no, I get it. Number 17 for me, I'll stay with your state. I'm going to take the Iowa Hawkeyes here. Um, you know, this is an Iowa team where it's like, okay, are we going to finally get it from Nate Stanley? I don't know. Like, I, Maybe. But they're, you just know they're going to be good. A.J. Epines is one of the best players in the whole country. And they're turning over a lot of talent. And sometimes I see that and I'm like, ooh, they're only bringing back four starters on defense. I actually think they needed that. They needed to be rejuvenated a little bit. They're going to miss Imani Hooker, but... I like this team a lot. It's really about Epinesa and Brady Reef up front, and you know the secondary is going to be good here. I really like Geno Stone, a junior strong safety. Um, the offense is probably the biggest question mark because we haven't seen Nathan Stanley tear it up. You just lost TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant, so you know you're going to have to replace a lot of targets, but I think Iowa's just 
I was a team that you can almost, until I die, put them in my top 20. Yeah, and you're going to get seven to eight wins at least uh, every once in a while. They'll come in and they'll get nine. For number 17 for me is a team you already talked about, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I love Scott Frost. I feel like we've said that on this podcast before. And they also don't have to play Michigan this year. That is going to be helpful. They do have to play Iowa, Wisconsin, and they have to play Ohio State. They get all of them at home. So that's going to be very helpful for Nebraska. And this is a team last year that everybody was very excited for what they were doing with Scott Frost. Now I think we really actually get to be excited about what they're doing because they do return players that are bought in. And much like we saw with Tom Herman at Texas, I think year two is going to be leaps and bounds better than year one. He has his players in there. He's returning a sophomore quarterback. You've probably heard this story before. They are going to be back for Nebraska. I like it. I like the analogy there. 16 for me. Uh, 16 for me, Syracuse. And I just want to say one thing. They are so much better than Florida State, who is getting all this preseason run. I don't get it. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've caught on. Florida State's not in my top 25. I just don't get it. I like Syracuse, man. Dino Babers is one hell of a head coach. I like Tommy DeVito. And like what they're bringing back, Alton Robinson, stud. Andre Sisco, fucking stud. Andre Sisco, yeah. Oh, Caden Stearns and Grant Delpit, they're good. So is Andre Cisco. He, I know I've said it. He has to be in that conversation. Uh, Ten and three last year. They bring back a bunch of starters, uh, and I like. I like. I like everything that they have. Mo Neal's a good back. They have depth now. I think Syracuse. Like like you said, they gave Clemson a run last year. Even though you knocked out Trevor Lawrence, that was a big part of it. The, this is a team that if they were in any other conference, we other than the SEC, we would be like, man, Clemson's got a shot, but they have to play Clemson. Yeah, and I like Syracuse a lot, too, and I haven't updated my top 25 uh, since July when I put it out. I think if I redid it, uh, I wanted to stay true to what I had in July, but I think if I redid it, I would agree with you. I could really, I could see Syracuse running the table. If they can get past Clemson, they can obviously get past anybody, and I already talked about them earlier. Did you know they made that their homecoming? Nice. I love that move. Like, go all in. Like, when uh, they had the Georgia-Florida game and everybody came off, I believe it was the Georgia bench, and they celebrated that first touchdown. Like, Syracuse might want to consider that. Get that just fan base going in the Carrier Dome. That's going to be a very good game. We probably should have tailgated there, but very good game. I like Syracuse. Number 16 for me, I'm going with Auburn. Gus Malzahn is supposed to be an offensive genius but he's built a damn good defense there with recruiting. I think they have one of the best defensive lines in the entire nation. We're going to get an early test of them against Oregon, find out what kind of team that they have. If they can protect the quarterback, which they could not do last year, I think this can be a pretty good team. Which is surprising because their left tackle is like getting a decent yep. amount of talk from scouts about being a first-round prospect. And uh, I watched uh, too much Jared Stidham last year exactly. to draft an Auburn offensive lineman. Probably. I, I agree with you. Number 15 for me, Penn State. This is where I have the Nittany Lions. Uh, it's tough because, you, like I said, you lose Trace McSorley. Tommy Stevens was supposed to be the dude. Uh, nope, now he is at Mississippi State. So uh, instead, you're going to get a sophomore, Sean Clifford, who had one 95-yard pass against Kent State last year that looked really good. And I know in the spring game, he also showed off some wheels as a versatile threat. And he's going to have to because Miles Sanders is gone. Two years in a row, you lose amazing running backs. First Saquon, now Booby. They're going to need someone to step up. The good news is their first five games, six games, are very, very, very winnable. It's not until you have Iowa on October 12th where you're like, okay, we better buckle up a little bit here and see what we got. So they have some time to acclimate, to ease into their situation. But I think Penn State, um, I'm not a big James Franklin guy. I'm just, I really... I'm not. I thought Joe Moorhead was the better coach when he was there, but um, I think this is, we'll find out a lot about him this year. Yeah, and I'm going to stay with the Big Ten. I'm going with Michigan State. Uh, they return a lot of guys on this offense and their defense. A lot of people in the draft community were talking about Brian Lewerke last year. Uh, Rocky Lombardi actually looked like he might be the better quarterback there uh, when they were both healthy, but they have both of them coming back. I like Michigan State. Their defense is loaded with guys that maybe could have even come out with Williams at D-tackle, uh, Willikis on the edge. They've got a linebacker, and I think it's Bocce. That's a very good team with a pretty favorable schedule, too. Their first couple games, they're going to have one, two, three, four. I'm going to say 5-0 oh 
going into Columbus, Ohio, where they have to face Ohio State. That's probably going to be a loss. At Wisconsin, it's going to be a tough game. Penn State, Michigan, it's a tough schedule because they play in the Big Ten. But I really like what they have coming back this year. I had them lose in five games. I thought they would lose to Northwestern, too. That's why they mm-hmm. didn't make my top 25. 14 for me. I'll stay with the green, though. The Oregon Ducks and another team. I Guess what? We're going to know week one if this team is real or not, because I think they have the best offensive line in the country. They're going to go against maybe the best defensive line in the country in Auburn. It's a neutral site game. It's in Dallas at Jerry World. I I want to see Justin Herbert get hit in the mouth and see how he responds, because he's going to have to step up this year. Dylan Mitchell is gone, but they bring back just such a talented offense. Ten starters on offense come back for Mario Cristobal. They have everything at their disposal to be very good. And defensively, we talked about Troy Dye a couple weeks ago. He is the leader that you need at linebacker on this team. So I I think Oregon is set up to make a run at the Pac-12 and maybe find themselves in the CFP. Yeah, I I agree with you completely. Number 14 team for me, I am going with the Miami Hurricanes, but there's a lot of question on my part here now with what they have at quarterback. uh, I expected Tate Martell to be that starter. I love what they have at defense. I love some of the tools that they have on offense. A lot of question marks at quarterback. Great thing about college football is we've seen a lot of teams be successful, be in that top 15 before with absolutely no quarterback. So I'm glad that Manny Diaz is coming in and he's not just saying, all right, Tate Martell, here's the starting job. Even though we have a redshirt freshman who is probably better and has won the job, but I made you a promise. I love that he's coming out and he's saying the best guy's going to get the job. And even though it's maybe not popular with some of the players or the media or anybody else, I love what he's doing. I think they're going to have a very good year and, and a very weak ACC. 13 for me, Texas A&M. I like Texas A&M's talent. Um, God, that schedule's tough. It's just so tough. I, I, if they were in the Big 12, they might win the damn thing. But, I mean, really, you come out Clemson week two. Auburn week four, Alabama, October 12th. You got both the Mississippis and then you close out the year with South Carolina at Georgia and at LSU. This might be the best six loss team in college football. They might play the three best teams in college. They really might. I mean, I'll guarantee they play the top two with Clemson and Alabama. And then you throw in Georgia as well. Those are probably three of the top teams, at least three top five teams in all of college football. That's why Texas A&M did not make my top 25, not because I'm biased at all. Number 13 for me, I'm going with the Washington Huskies. Uh, we are really eager to see what they have at quarterback. If Jacob Eason looks anything like he did at Georgia, where he was pretty damn good, I think this is going to be a good team. I liked what they have returning. I'm glad that Trey Adams took a year and said, you know what, I'm going to come back to college football. I like that move. I respect it every time a guy goes back. I think Washington is very good. I think they will have their hands full in the Pac-12 North. Yeah, man, I like the Pac-12 North, but it it is going to be tough. Um, And that's why I have Washington right here at 12. I I also want to see what Jacob Eason looks like because Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's the guy we saw in Georgia in 2017 for a minute yeah and he was a freshman so it is tough and he looked good I mean he lost his job to Jake Fromm who looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the nation so it's if he does come in and he performs the way everybody thinks he does I think Washington's going to be very good lucky for them they get his feet wet with guys like Eastern Washington who is a very damn good team they are they're just not on the FBS level Washington and I I probably in hindsight I might have put them too low that defense lost so much, man. Losing yeah, Byron Taylor Murphy, Rapp, sta- yeah, Byron Taylor Murphy, Rapp. Like, I mean, they just they lost so much. Um, it, just this past year, I mean, look, think of the the key guys that are gone. They returned two starters on defense. Chris Peterson's a great coach; he'll figure it out. But man, when I that it's just a completely different defense this year. So I, I don't know about Washington. I have them at twelve because of Chris Peterson and because of the potential of Jacob Eason. But I am a little worried. Yeah, and at number twelve. For every reason you just said, that's why I have Oregon, and that's why I think that Oregon is going to be a very good football team. You mentioned earlier how they have like 10 starters coming back. I really don't even know how you put a number on that, because really I think they have about 13 to 14 guys 
that have a lot of starting experience because they lost a left tackle and he got to, you know, slide somebody else in who's coming back. I've talked about their offensive line and how much I love it. They also bring in Jawan Johnson, who is a three-year starter at Oregon. He's going to be probably that number one target. They bring in two good running backs. They bring back two good running backs. And then they recruited very well, too. They bring in one of the best edge rushers that we've seen in a long time with, I I don't even remember his name, Thibodeau maybe. But he's going to be very impressive too, And I like what Cristobal is building there in Oregon. I think that's going to be a damn good football team. Yeah, I, I like Cristobal a lot. Like that gives me a lot, a lot more comfort about Oregon. Number 11, we're just going to make everyone mad today. This is where I have Notre Dame. And last year I famously got on this podcast and was like, Notre Dame is overrated. They're not going to be good. I was wrong. Notre Dame was really, really good last year. I'm going to say this year that I'm hedging a little bit. They went 12-1 last year. They lost a ton of people, uh, especially on defense. They're going to have to replace uh, studs like Jerry Tillery, Jordan Love. Uh, they have a lot of dudes that they got to figure out. Uh, Drew Tranquil, just the leadership there. They got to they got to replace those guys. But schedule's not that bad. I mean, at Georgia, okay, probably losing that one. I can see him winning every other game. <laughs> like, yeah. Right? It's like, and I like Ian Book. I love Juliano Okwara. I love, like, he's a first-round pick. And they have a very good offensive line, per usual. I mean, they probably have the best offensive guard duo in all of football with Banks and Kramer. Like, Notre Dame's just good. Now, replacing Damian Williams is going to be tough. but Or Dexter Williams, excuse me. But it's Notre Dame. If you haven't mm-hmm. recruited five running backs who can do that, then you've really not done a very good job. So I think Brian Kelly, uh, I, I owe him an apology. Because I said last year I thought he was on the way out, and now I have them 11 overall. Yeah, and I actually have a different team here, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about Notre Dame, who I have at number 10, and then I'll talk about my other team. I I like Notre Dame a lot, too, and I've been very hard on them in the past, too, but I like the schedule that they have. And they bring back Ian Book at quarterback, who maybe will actually see the day one starter start the whole season this year at Notre Dame, because I don't remember the last time that happened for them. And then you talk about the running back. I really like Jafar Armstrong. He was a guy that was the day one starter last year because of Dexter Williams missing some games. I think that this Notre Dame team is set up to have another run where they might have one to two losses and they're probably going to be a college football playoff team again. They they did lose a lot with guys like Tillery and people off that defense. That's a damn good football team. It is time for the top 10. I'm going to let Melo go first because he he talked about his 10 team at 11. Right. I wanted to switch it up. Yeah. So my number 11 team, because I do have Notre Dame top 10, my number 11 team is the Texas Longhorns. I always come in low, so you can't even be like, oh, man, this guy's such a fucking homer. Nope, I'm not. I am always low on them. I didn't even have them in my top 25 last year. Matt constantly roasts me about it. (laughs) These dudes lost a lot on defense, and it really makes me nervous as a fan because there are a lot of question marks there. On the defensive line, I don't know if they're going to be able to get the job done. At linebacker, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. In the secondary, which is supposed to be the strength of this defense, and they're returning a lot of guys that haven't played that much. We're going to see them probably suit out four to five guys on the depth chart that are sophomores or redshirt freshmen that didn't have a whole lot of experience. The great thing about it is that they are young and they're top recruited guys. There are a lot of questions there. They might have to put up 40 points a game. Luckily, they play in the Big 12 still, so that's not that hard. I'm not going to talk about Texas for a while. So (laughs) just uh, buckle up. It'll be a minute. 10 for me is the Utes at Utah. I think Kyle Whittingham builds very strong on that 9-5 record last year. Dude, 15th year at Utah. Finally going to get the recognition he deserves. I think they make a run at the playoffs this year. That's how good they are. They just, if they can, they're probably going to go undefeated in the Pac-12. They're probably going to go undefeated overall because their out-of-conference schedule is a joke. I think that we could see them they could honestly be undefeated, which might be good for the number four team in the country when it's all said and done. But, man, Utah, they bring back seven on offense, seven on defense. Tyler Huntley, very good quarterback. Zach Moss, a really good running back, a senior running back. But it's all about the defense with uh, Leaky Fotu, Bradley Anae. Like, they're just always so good defensively. They are, again, so Utah, like, this is a real team to be reckoned with. 
Yeah, they are. And that's why I have them at nine. I, I think that these guys are going to win the Pac-12. They're going to dominate and just roll through the Pac-12 South. Uh, I don't see anybody even coming close to competing with them. I think USC is going to have so much drama there with the Urban Meyer thing kind of lingering over their heads. I don't think that they're going to have a very successful season. And then you're right. When you look at this the schedule at Washington, that's their toughest game. Other than that, they really don't have much, and they have a very good football team. It's not just about, oh, these guys aren't playing anybody. This is a nasty defense. We didn't even talk about their secondary, who has two guys that are going to be on top of draft boards with Blackman and Johnson and returning so much talent on offense. You return your quarterback, you turn your leading rusher, pretty damn good offensive line. Utah is a real football team, so don't sleep on them because the Utes are coming this year. Number nine, I got the Florida Gators. I don't feel good about this. I don't want to lie. I don't want to come out here and be like all cocky. I don't feel great about Florida in the top 10. I don't know if I trust Dan Mullen that much. I don't know if I trust Felipe Franks that much. What I do trust is a defense that brings back eight starters. They yeah. are very, very good defensively. C.J. Henderson, one of the best corners in the country. The David, best. What's that? The best corner in the country. Second best corner in the country. Uh, they bring back three starters on the D-line, a, a slew of linebackers. The schedule's tough where I see week one, Miami. They got to go at LSU. They play Georgia neutral site. They play at Missouri. They play Florida State. They play Auburn. Hey, this is a brutal schedule. If they run through this schedule and they have two losses, they're a top 10 team, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's why I have Florida next for me at number eight. Uh, only question mark really is Felipe Franks. And I've seen Dan Mullen take some really shitty quarterbacks before and make them look good where they can win some games. I mean, they won games at Mississippi State last year with Nick Fitzgerald in there, and, and it was scheme-based. They put up points when even he was banged up and couldn't hardly throw the football. They still won games. So I'm eager to see what he can do with Felipe Franks in this second year with Dan Mullen. Great coach. You've already talked about their defense. A lot of talent at receiver and running back, too. Florida, if they can just get a little bit of quarterback play, I do think this is a top 10 team. Number eight, this is where I have the Wolverines of Michigan. I don't, I've, I feel like, oh, here are all the teams that have talent that I don't trust, but that's what's happening here. I just don't know if I buy into Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, his fifth year here. Last year they went 10 and three, and they do bring back a lot on offense, but their defense was gutted. They lost six starters, and they're all like premium NFL prospects. So replacing Rashawn Gary, Chase Winovich, Devin Bush, David Long, like that shit's hard, man, even if you're Michigan. So I don't know how good this team's going to be. Um, the schedule's not that difficult. I mean, outside of just the normal rivalry games that you have, especially um, the, the Saturday after Thanksgiving with Ohio State, that one's in Michigan this year, which maybe helps out. But I just, I'm not, my confidence meter on Michigan would be very low, but they have too much talent, especially a wide receiver, to keep out of the top 10. Yeah, and we'll see what happens with Shea Patterson this year. Uh, he had a pretty good year last year. We'll see what he can do. Until uh, Iowa State. Yeah, and I do. I like this defense, even though they did lose a lot of key guys. They bring back Hudson, who I think is going to step up and be that leader at that kind of linebacker role that he plays, undersized guy. But I like what they have coming back. Aiden Hutchinson at defensive end, I think, is a name that we're going to start to pay attention to. As the season goes on, he's going to step up and probably take the place of guys like Gary and Winovich. They lose their running backs. I really think this is a team that's going to air out the football this year. I, I think they're set up for it. They have a good offensive line, two of the best guards in the nation. Uh, we will find out what kind of team they have on the tailgate tour, thankfully, September 21st when they have to travel to Camp Randall and play the Badgers. Yeah, I'm excited for Michigan. Seven for me, LSU, another team we're going to see week one, and then we're actually going to be at the Alabama game as well. So we're going to see LSU a couple times. I keep saying that. It's week two. I apologize. It's week two. It's week yeah, one week one of the tailgate yep. tour. LSU, um, I really thought that this team finished the year so, so well. Losing Devin White's going to hurt. That's obvious. Like You don't have to be a college football an analyst to say that, but... Um, you know, they they really, last year we talked about, oh, they lost so much. How good are they going to be? Well, they were really good. I mean, they smacked Georgia in the mouth. Um, we were there for that one. It was impressive. I want to see if the Joe Burrow we saw in the bowl game is real or not. Like, that's yeah. my only question because LSU could be the third or fourth best team in the country. They really like they could be that good. But Joe Burrow has to be the real Joe Burrow. I love Caleb on Chason, Grant Delpit. Like they have dudes. Richard Lawrence is a, a right defensive end. He'd be a D tackle in the NFL, most likely. Like they have so many like stud players that when you watch LSU film, you get excited about like, oh, yeah, man, I get to watch this guy. But Joe Burrow has to be 
who we saw in the bowl game. Maybe every week they just let him get hit in the mouth. And yeah. then he'll run out and be like, okay, I got this. You remember when John, I have them next too. You remember when John Henderson used to let people slap him in the face Maybe before Jaguars games? I thought Joe Burrow died when he played UCF in that bowl game. And I, I mean, I really thought he was done for. Usually with most, most quarterbacks, you hit them in the mouth and then they shut down and they, they start seeing the, the blitz and they can't look downfield. Joe Burrow did not do that. If, if he can, if he can play pretty good, if this offense can put up, some kind of points. They have an elite level defense with some of the Grant Delpit's one of the top safeties. Chase on's one of the top edge guys. They've got great play on the defensive line. We'll find out early when they play Texas. Yeah, number six, I got the Oklahoma Sooners here. Um, I, I think Lincoln Riley is probably the third best head coach in college football behind Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney. Like he's just that he's that good. He's on fire right now. It, he almost looks unbeatable. But they did lose two games last year. And now you don't have the the kind of enigma that is Kyler Murray out there just making things happen. You have Jalen Hurts who has to be efficient getting the ball to CeeDee Lamb, getting the ball to Grant Calcaterra. You got a running back who Lord knows what's going to happen there. You know, after the uh, the abuse allegations that his ex-girlfriend aired out on Twitter, um, they do bring back eight starters on defense, which is a nice thing to have. Kenneth Murray at middle linebacker is going to make a ton of plays. Only four dudes return on offense. And here's the key, Mello. Only one offensive lineman returns. Now, that one offensive lineman is Creed Humphrey, and he's really fucking good. But you got to replace four starters. Two tackles, two guards. That's going to be tough. So I got Oklahoma at six. They might be a one-loss team uh, headed into the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, I I agree with that, too. Uh, Number five for me, we're getting into our top five teams now. I have the Ohio State Buckeyes. I really like this roster up and down. You look at it, there's talent everywhere. I know that they lost some people, but man, they replaced well. You lose Nick Bosa off your defense and you're bringing in Chase Young, who I actually like better than Nick Bosa. You you lose a corner. Oh, it's okay. We still have Jeffrey Akuda, the best corner, in the, the second best corner in the country. And you're bringing in Justin Fields to work with Ryan Day. I think that's a perfect fit for what he wants at quarterback. He gets uh, returning rushers, uh, returning receivers, Good offensive line. I think this is going to be a really damn good football team. That's why I have them number five in the nation. And number five for me is our Texas Longhorns. Uh, I think this is all really about Sammy Ellinger in the offense. So we need to see Keontae Ingram take off. We need to see Colin Johnson stay healthy and have a productive year. The offensive line should be pretty solid for the Longhorns, led by Zach Shackelford. Um, they, they have a lot of guys that... that are household names if you follow the Big 12 or even if you're a Texas fan. But as you alluded to earlier, Melo, it's time for some young dudes to step up on defense. And that's going to be like Kendra Coburn has to step up. We need to see it from B.J. Foster in the nickel. We need to see it from Anthony Cook as the number one corner surrounding guys like Caden Stearns. Losing the linebacker core basically is going to hurt. Hager's gone. Gary Johnson's gone. They got to find young dogs who can run people down, especially in this conference. But it, the schedule it is going to be tough. I mean, you got LSU week two. You go at West Virginia, uh, Oklahoma, obviously always tough at Iowa State. Texas is usually good for one loss that shouldn't happen. And, and I think that's going to hit them this year. But this is on paper, it's a top five team. And Sam Ellinger is one of the top Heisman candidates in the country. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just. I always sell low on them. So I'm up again. Number four overall, I'm going with the Georgia Bulldogs. I really like this team. I am maybe Jake Fromm's biggest fan because I put it out that he was my number one quarterback and everybody was eating me alive for it. I like this team, though. I like what they're bringing back. DeAndre Swift at running back, one of the best in the country. I'm kind of with you where I kind of have a tie at the running back position. I want to see who emerges as that number one guy. But if you're making me say it right now, it's DeAndre Swift. I like what they have it at receiver, and I think they will get the job done on defense. They are turning over a lot of new guys. I love both of their safeties, though. I think yeah. they're going to be very good. They're going to be good enough to get the job done. Uh, you look at their schedule. We already talked about that matchup. They have Notre Dame on the schedule and Florida. I mean, other than that, I think they're pretty good. Obviously, Missouri's on there. Auburn's on there. A&M. But I think they win all those games. I think this is another SEC championship run. They might not get their first loss until December 7th when they have to face Alabama. Yeah, in the SEC championship game, right? Yep. It'll be Alabama. I'm penciling it's it in. It's going to be Alabama. If you're a Georgia fan or an Alabama fan, you're just probably going to want to go ahead and buy those you tickets. You probably had a room booked for a minute on yeah. that one. Number four for me is Ohio State. You talked about them earlier. 
I think they have the best corner in the country in Jeff Okuda. They have the best edge rusher in the country in Chase Young. They got a good running back coming back in J.K. Dobbins. And man, I am so excited to see Justin Fields. They are raving about this dude and how good he looks uh, over the summer. He, I feel like he's a perfect fit for this offense. Like with Dwayne Haskins, contrary to what you've heard on TV, he was not a great runner. J.T. Barrett, you know, just the injuries and everything, he was so limited. We haven't seen a dude like this at Ohio State in since Braxton Miller's freshman year. Like, yeah. there's Haskins. Because even he got banged up. Right. So Justin Fields, I'm very excited to see. I think he's a perfect fit for them. I, I foresee an undefeated season for Ohio State. Yeah, I really like Ohio State, too. Uh, number three for me, and this this sounds bad coming from me, and I, it's painful to say, I really like this Oklahoma team. I, I don't give a shit what they have on offense because they are going to put up points this year. I'm a believer in Lincoln Riley. You said he's probably the number three coach in the country. I agree with you, and it absolutely sucks. So Sooner fans, you can just feel good about yourself that I have to praise your team because, man, I like it. If you just gave me a blind resume and said, hey, what do you think about this team, you know, that, what they have coming back at quarterback, I think they'll replace on the offensive line. And they showed last year their defense doesn't even matter. But I do think that they will be improved. This is going to be a scary Oklahoma team. I think they probably make another college football playoff run. Yeah. I can't believe you just said all that. I know. I'm a man of the people, though. I'm going to give you the honest opinion. Yeah, Number three for me, I got the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, I love this team. I really do. You talked about Swift and Fromm. It's such a good duo defensively. You talked about the safeties. They are studs as well. But I'm excited about what they bring in at receiver because they are replacing some guys like Riley Ridley's gone. Demetrius Robertson, Matthew Landers, and Jeremiah Holloman. I'm very excited about what we see from them. Charlie Warner will replace Isaac Nada, a tight end. You're probably going to get a little more athleticism there. And you bring back four starters on the offensive line, including Andrew Thomas, who is the best offensive lineman in the country. I agree. Not bad. It's yeah. just really not bad. J.R. Reed in the secondary. Um, you got my man LeCount. Like, they're just stacked. Like, you lost DeAndre Baker. Uh, okay. Yeah. A Thorpe Award winner, but you're probably going <laughs> to still be okay in the We're secondary. Fine. The only The only question, I guess, is the linebacker core, because they do replace some guys there. But, man, Kirby Smart's one hell of a head coach. And that when you have Jake Fromm and DeAndre Swift, and we're finally going to see a full season of DeAndre Swift, I mean, put him on your Heisman list. He's that yeah. good. And, and they did. Obviously, they've been recruiting very well. So there are probably some names on that roster that you're like, eh, that looks familiar, but I don't know them because they haven't got the chance to play yet. But they're going to be very good. I know they brought in uh, edge rusher. I think his name's Nolan Smith, who's going to be very impressive. And that brings us to our top two teams. And I think everybody is probably aware of who we're about to talk about. I have Alabama at number two. And Clemson at number one. This is a coin flip for me. Either one of these teams. Uh, I'm very excited. I hope we get to see another matchup. I want to see another Tua versus Trevor Lawrence situation. I want to see Dabo versus Nick Saban. I don't know which one of these teams is better. So for me, I gave the edge to the team that won most recently. Yeah, I have Clemson at two. And I went with the experience factor here. Honestly, I... Trevor Lawrence is the man. Clemson loses five guys on the defensive line. That's a big deal to yep. me. You lose your left tackle, Mitch Hyatt. That's a pretty big deal to me. Now, you do bring back T. Higgins, Justin Ross, and Travis Etienne. Also a very big deal to me. Isaiah Simmons on defense, one of the best defenders in the whole country. I have Clemson at two just for that reason, though. Like, they are, and I know they've recruited well, but they are going to have to plug in a lot of new faces on that defensive line. I just I wonder how well that's going to work. I do think they go undefeated. I do think we see a rematch of two versus one. So you have Alabama two. I have Clemson two. You have Clemson one. Mm -hmm. I got Alabama one. Yeah, and I think that we will probably see that play out again in the national championship game. Yeah, I'm excited for Alabama, man. I really am. I mean, they've, they're going to have to replace a lot of dudes as well, but I think Dylan Moses, a healthy Tua, and the best wide receiver trio in college football history is probably, I, I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, de definitely. And their defense is nasty as well. I mean, they have one of my favorite corners. We just don't talk about him that much because he's not draft eligible with Patrick Sertan. They have, uh, what's his name, McKinney at safety, your guy, Dylan Moses at linebacker. This is another team that if they're healthy, man, they're going to be special because they have the edge rush. They have everything. Like They have no question marks at Alabama. Yeah, it's going to be a fun year. That's our top 25. No draft on draft tonight because we went so in-depth on these teams. Uh, it will return. Just a reminder, there is not a Monday morning show because Connor and I will be in Vegas. Instead, it will come out Monday afternoon. We apologize for the schedule mix-up. So you'll get shows 
Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, uh, Saturday morning. I think this this week uh, it, it it'll be fine. It'll be fun. Just make keep sure, refreshing. Make sure you've subscribed, and we'll tweet out the schedule. Let y'all know when it's coming out. But we do. We appreciate y'all understanding that the bosses said, "Boys, go play Hangover," and so we got to go play Hangover in Vegas. It's gonna be tough, but we'll do it for Mello and for Connor. This is Matt. We'll talk to you guys real soon. 